to the Dive into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki-focused stories, 100% human. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Dive into Reiki. And today I am smiling because I have a guest that every time we chat makes me a heart just again, feel happy with her beautiful energy. Uh, she's Reverend Tonya Parker, a Reiki master and self-defined Renaissance woman, a holistic healer, teacher, author, speaker, and coach with over three decades of service supporting people experiencing imbalance, overwhelm, and distress and disease in their bodies. As a force behind mind, body, and soul food, she co-creates divine deliciousness through Reiki retreats and relaxation. Tonya is also the author of several books, and mentors other women healer who identified as witch women in tune with conscious healing. And I love that acronym so much. And she guides them to discover their unique voice. Tonya, thank you so much for saying yes and being here. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you for asking. <laughs> you see, you already are making my morning. Every time I talk to you, I just like hear your voice and I'm like very happy. And I know everybody will feel the same when they hear you. So mm-hmm. I ask the same question with every interview, and is what is the first time you came in contact with Reiki? <laughs> so the very first time I came in contact with, Re- with Reiki was actually at a dinner party. And so I was at this very small dinner party with a friend, and she had another friend there. And um, that was at a time... In who, I guess it was 2001, where I was really experiencing um, a lot of arthritis. I had a pronounced limp happening at the time. And the guest at the dinner party noticed that. And she asked, could she place her hands on my knee and give me Reiki? And so I had been to massage school. I had graduated. I had learned healing touch, but I wasn't familiar with Reiki. So I said, yes, sure. You know, I'm I'm such a holistic junkie, right? So I love that. She her hands on my knees and was like, oh my goodness, I started feeling this tingling and warmth. And I was like, hmm, okay, is this the Reiki or is this because she's cute? You know? <laughs> I love that story so much. You know, maybe it was a combination of both because when she was complete, I stood up, I walked, I didn't have the limp. Wow. Yeah. And I wasn't experiencing pain at that time. So it was like, wow, okay, this Reiki stuff is great. So that was my very first encounter. That is a beautiful story. So I hope like you had this experience and then how did you decide to do a self, like self Reiki or a Reiki one level from that experience? Mm -hmm. So let's see, that was 2001. And that particular person who did Reiki on me, we ended up dating. And I experienced my first um, um, distance Reiki healing, which was really powerful for me, Um, connecting with her teacher who was able to tap into intuitive um, insights while working with me. And that was like, ooh unfamiliar. And so fast forward to 2005, I was working in a hospital. So it was an allopathic center, but our little training and development department was very woo-woo. 
and everyone would come to our offices, you know, play in my little Zen garden, you know, just get some healing, some aromatherapy, et cetera. So my boss, um, Teresa, was of the same vein. So she told me one day, you know, we should go get trained in Reiki. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And so I showed up for the training and she didn't that particular day. Oh, God. <laughs> but I got trained in 2005. Um, it was amazing. My third eye opened up during my very first attunement that I received. I was feeling the energies. And so, you know, I thought it would be a great adjunct to the massage work that I was doing. So, you know, that's how I went on to go on to get Reiki one. That, that's amazing. Also, I love how open you were to the practice. Like a lot of people, if something feels unfamiliar, they're like, I'm staying away. And you were like, ooh, leaning into it. <laughs> I'm a leaner inner. <laughs> I, oh, you're going with a lot of terms I'm stealing. <laughs> Help yourself. That's part of being a word witch. I make up words all the time. <laughs> I love it. So then you trained and you became a Reiki master, right? And yes. So I wanted to hear a little bit because you started with one perception of Reiki and that perception evolved. And even though no perception is right or wrong, I love to hear people's perspective on the evolution of their practice. Absolutely. So I continued, I continued on, you know, I tend to collect degrees, trainings, things like that. So once I got Reiki one, of course I had to get Reiki two, then Reiki three. And so it was like two months apart, um, the different trainings. And I really <laughs> lost it. Well, I can't say lost it because that's not really what happens, but I was not tuned in to what I was attuned to. I was periodically using it in massage, thinking I was turning on Reiki and turning off Reiki. That was my mindset at the time. That was the teaching at the time. And so it took me many, many years to really start leaning into Reiki and all it represented. And I was asked by so many people to teach them Reiki. And I wasn't feeling confident. I really wasn't. And so I said no a lot. And I referred to a lot of people um, to get trained. And it wasn't until 2010, five years later, that I said yes to teaching Reiki and to standing in my mastery because I knew I'm not going to teach something that I am not fully immersed in and utilizing so that supercharged my self-practice, um, supercharged my work with the precepts and things like that. So thank you to Reverend Anthony Farmer, Reverend Dr. Anthony Farmer for that second um, level three attunement that I received that I felt helped get me confident and prepared to start teaching Reiki. And I haven't looked back since. And so then fast forward, to 2020 when I met Franz Stein, you know, rock star of the International House Reiki. I mean, it was just so amazing meeting with him. And when he came to South Carolina to my dear friend, Ife Tayo White's home. And, um, and so that's when I learned about the Japanese tradition. And I started to have these aha moments because it was resonating more with me. I had started this practice of realizing that 
You know, Reiki isn't something you turn on and off. I am Reiki. I live Reiki. Um, and so it was a wonderful, wonderful confirmation and grounding in that. And um, and realizing that Reiki is just integrated all throughout my life. Not when I'm just doing hands-on healing with someone on a table or at a distance. Yeah, and, and you really embody that. For the people who are listening to the podcast, I invite you to also check the YouTube and just talking to you, your presence. It's so embodying that shining light that, you know, it's not just words. I can totally testify to that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I, So I love your journey. There are a few things I love. First of all, you didn't rush to teach, even though you were a leaner in, as you said. You know, you really waited until you could embody and felt confident. And I, I think that is a great tip for people in general. And then the other thing I wanted to chat, because when we talked in the pre-interview, we were talking about which precepts are easier to embody for you and harder. And I think mm -hmm. I can include that question for every interviewee in the next uh, round, because it's a, I never thought about it, but it's like a very beautiful question. So which are the, which is the hardest uh, precept for you to embody? Mm. Well, I would say in the past, the hardest was probably um, with this version of um, the precept, um, being compassionate with myself and others. I'm always compassionate with others, but with myself, no. You know, I had a huge J, you know, judgment that you know, I judged myself all the time. I was a perfectionist. I wanted to do everything right. Um, so being compassionate with myself was hard. Now that's something I've worked with and it, I can take that off the plate as the hardest, right? Um, <laughs> can I say there are more than one? You know, definitely. all hard if you want, yeah. You know, being true to myself and others, I mean, and not being, being true to myself and way of being. Yeah. So for me, you know, I spent a lot of years as a chameleon, you know, kind of blowing in the wind. You want this? Okay, I'll do that. You want this? I'll be that, you know? And so not finding my center. So that was a struggle for me as well. And so I feel so much more grounded in who I am. And I, I just let my little Reiki freak flag fly. You know, it's like, I am who I am and accept me as I am. And I need to listen to where I'm coming from authentically. So that's that. So what remains as the absolute hardest? Just for today, I will not worry. Join the club. Yes. The, you know, it's like, I, I realize I come from people who are anxious in various ways. And my anxiety can come across periodically in uh, obsessive compulsive tendencies um, and wanting to get all my ducks in a row. And because I'm a Libra air sign, I have a whole lot of logistics that go on in my brain. And so I realized that this is a form of worry. It's not that I'm noting, this is what so, this is what so. It's like, oh my goodness, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. And it can be very worry-making. And so that is one I am consciously, consistently working with at this time. 
um, to transmute that energy. And I have to say that I feel like I've had this wonderful mindset shift within the last couple of months, especially the last few weeks. And, you know, I'm always saying, okay, I'm working on developing new neural pathways, you know, where there's no room for the worry. And so that is, that is what I'm working on right now. <laughs> Thank you for being so open about it. And also pointing out that sometimes we think we don't worry, but then we're doing when we're overdoing it or we're human doers. That is just probably a more positive expression or like hidden expression of worry, right? That need to be mm. doing and fixing so that it comes out of actually worry because I had never put the truth to like, yes, workaholism more, but not about like the house and I need to buy the food and all of that is a way of, of coping with that feeling. So I think that that is very valid. And also for being so vulnerable, right? Because we're talking about we're human beings, even though we may be Reiki teachers, we're mm. still human beings. And if, and we need to teach from experience. That makes it a lot easier for people to to grasp what the practice is. So which is the easiest uh, for you to, to embody from the precepts? Oh, hands down. Just for today, I will be grateful for my many blessings. I think I was born grateful. <laughs> it's just, just a personality that. trait. And so I'm always in gratitude. I wake up with like a gratitude song in my heart. Sometimes I'm singing it in my head. Um, I kind of collect songs on gratefulness and being thankful and I love singing them. And you know, when my mom was in 16 months of home hospice care, she wanted people to sing to her. And one out of six children, two who are good singers, right? It was someone who's not the greatest singer, but he was an enthusiastic singer, my brother. He always sang to her. And I decided, let me join my brother, Jeffrey. I'm going to sing to my mom, too. So every phone call, every visit, I would sing. And so I was collecting as many gratitude songs as I could to sing to her. And so when I sing gratitudes, it always brings her closer to me. She passed a little over three years ago. And... um and so I am, I'm just grateful for breath. I'm grateful to be alive. And I've been learning how to be grateful for things that don't appear positive or helpful. You know, I've worked with A Course in Miracles. And so one of the lessons says, above all else, help me see things differently. So when I'm able to see through that God lens, so to speak, then... I can be grateful because I can see the lesson or the blessing in disguise in it, or as one of my friends Aurelia says, the blessing in it. That's beautiful. And I love what you're saying. You mentioned neuroplasticity, seeing things differently, right? Is yeah. I think sometimes like this is the way I am. I'm not gonna change. We can change, we can embody different qualities. Like we just need to put a little bit of effort into it and consistency. So that's absolutely, beautiful. absolutely. You I'm nailed singing, it. Which you don't want me to do, but I, I do other stuff. I draw. Yeah, you don't want me to sing at all because it's almost raining. It will rain. So, oh my goodness, that's funny. But I do dance. I do my grateful dance with in the morning. Do you? Okay, can I see a piece of your grateful dance? I want to see it. Oh my God. It's going to be, I'm like the Muppets. I go like, like these, like crazy. Woo! 
love it. I love it. So that helps to bring it into your body. You embody yeah. that gratitude. Yes. So yeah, that, that is my very Belgian Latino dance. It's strange, but yeah. And for the people who are not watching, I'm literally dancing like Kermit the Frog a little slower. Um, but... <laughs> you were beautiful. That was great. It felt really good. So and we're both dancing. Thank you so much. And <laughs> We also, when we talk, we also mentioned uh, an acronym that you came, and I don't know if it's an acronym, but the three eyes of Reiki. And mm -hmm. for me, they were like really good. Like those are key points that we need like for a practice. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Most definitely. So being a word witch, I really pay attention to words and letters and things like that. And so what I became um, clear about when I was studying Reiki is like, oh, these are three really big things to focus on in Reiki, and they all start with I. So first is Reiki is intelligent. And, you know, that's key for me in knowing, you know, it really doesn't matter where I'm placing my hands, you know, because the Reiki is going to go where it's going to go to provide whatever healing or rebalancing that it's going to do. Then there is intention, which I know Master Asui um, spoke to, you know, we are in this space of holding this intention for the Reiki and then the intuition. And that was very freeing for me because, you know, I am someone, I tend to be a bit of a rebel. I mean, I can follow rules, but if I'm intuitively feeling that, no, I don't want to go through this regimen of holding my hand here, 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 here. This part is calling to me because bodies talk to me. And so energy talks to me. And so if I'm feeling called to go to the feet or the hips or the knees, I'm going to go there. So really listening and feeling into my intuition as to where to go um, with the Reiki and knowing that the Reiki is going to do what it's going to do because it's intelligent. But I also know that working with people, if they feel us in a particular area, you know, that impacts them as, as well. It's like, oh, they picked up on how my knee is hurting. And it felt so comforting to feel that warmth of their hands because I have these little hot boxes. That's my hands, you know, even though I've been told once that they were ice cold by someone who had an inflamed knee and was on crutches. I was feeling heat, he was feeling cold. So, you know, that can make an impact for someone, um, you know, and help them with their response and um, reducing stress, you know, as the Reiki is working. I so the three eyes, you know, intelligent, Reiki's intelligent, um, be intentional, be intuitive. That is beautiful. And sometimes your intuition may be just follow the protocol, right? And that's the beauty of it. It's like, it's really yes. to where you are that day. And many times I explain, like some days you cannot focus on it, like on following, on feeling. So you intuition is sometimes saying like, I'm not focused. I place my hands on placement, but it's, it's also being respectful of where we are at. And I think that is very beautiful. Again, you have this very clear, when do I have to lean in? And when do I have to stand for my power? And when I have to just, and I think when I hear you, everything I hear is like, listen and respect your essence, right? And shine your essence is really about being in touch with, with who you truly are. And I, I think that is beautiful. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love how you put that. And you're absolutely correct. There are times when I am called to follow the protocol. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't happen often, but it happens. And so, you know, that's what's important, following that essence, you know, I'm yeah. called to do. I, I love that. And then the other thing is you also do Reiki retreats. So I've, I have to say, I've been only to a couple of Reiki retreats with my mentor, but I've not been to others. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your Reiki retreats, how you started doing them, and perhaps even share a couple of tips like that were very helpful for you. Obviously, not a full training because that's your expertise, but maybe like if just like one tip that could help people get started with their retreats planning. Okay, wonderful. Well, you know, just to actually... Um um make a distinction i do reiki and retreats my focus oh, my areas of focus are reiki retreats and relaxation practices so um i of course integrate reiki all throughout my retreats <laughs> um i partner with um one of my partners reverend anim bay to do sacred sojourns and so through that, um, we have a signature sojourn that we take to Sedona, Arizona every year. Um, we've been to the Dominican Republic. We've been down to Ife Tayo's house um, to do a plant medicine one. They may have different areas of focus, et cetera. And Reiki is always with us because, you know, we are Reiki, right? And um, so... Um, that may be integrated in the services provided for folks um, and recognizing that they may be going through something, seeing if they would like that additional support. We may even have Reiki shares during the time of the retreat um, because we, we just attract a lot of Reiki practitioners to us. So everyone is steep in it. And so we're all making use of it and um, grounded in it. But um, as a tip for those who might want to be starting retreats, I would I would offer to really find out what it is that people are looking for and match that up with what is your skill set or your strong suit. You know, sometimes we want to offer what we are not. It seems popular, what have you, but who are the people who follow you? Who are the people that are reaching out for you, What is what are their problems, so to speak? What are their pain points? What are they looking for? And it's like, okay, based on that, what do I have to offer that can help alleviate that, help work with that, and then see what's in alignment? So that way you're staying true to who you are and what you can offer, and you're more likely to get people to come to it. Because what I do know from experience is, there are times where I, I get all these downloads, these wonderful inspirations and ideas. And it's like, oh, everybody loves this. Everybody needs this. They've got to want this. And then I have very few people or I've gone in the hole, you know, all of that. And so I've stopped, <laughs> you know, and it's like, let's operate a little bit differently and see what people are calling out for. How can I provide that? And don't be afraid to call on someone else to partner with to provide something that you may not, that's being called for. So I love joint venture partnerships and working um, within a community to bring services. 
So hopefully that's helpful. That That is like the most practical, essential, amazing tip, because I think we do it even beyond retreats as Reiki practitioners. We offer sometimes, we learn a little bit of like aromatherapy, a little bit of crystals, and we start offering the service on top of Reiki without a very deep practice on it. So I think this is helpful, honestly, for everything in life, <laughs> like mm. you know, for every business. And turning the things around, if I, Natalie, want to go to a retreat, what benefit do I get? What should I perhaps consider going to a retreat as a practitioner? Mm, very good point. One, as a practitioner, we know how much we give. We know how much energy it can call for to do the work that we do. So we always need to replenish, right? And sometimes it's hard to replenish when we're in our usual space. You know, so it's great to be able to take some time to be away from where we are, to go off somewhere where the space has been curated for us, where, okay, I can be in stillness. I can have time to be reflective. I can have time to receive, to get poured into. I can, you know, transform through being in sacred community. Things are set up for me to really see these powerful reflections of myself and have trained facilitators to help me move through anything that's coming up for me. So those are definitely some reasons for going off on a retreat. Oh my God. Now I want to sign up for one like now. Because <laughs> I've been going all my vacations to see my family because my mom is very old. And I, I, yeah, that need for space and reflectiveness is just so beautiful and present. So now I want to go like and travel to an island and go to a retreat right now. Oh, I love it. Yes. Island retreats are amazing. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And thank you because, again, as Reiki practitioners, we're always giving. And one of the things we forget is we need to also be open to receive. Like, and it's a very important part of keeping balance. Like, when we always give, it's not that we're generous. There is something that is a little bit unbalanced in our energy as well. So it's it's really good to also learn to receive and also understand how people receive so we can help. Like, if we know how to receive, we can help people receive more from our sessions as well. You know, yes. because some places like, do I need to prepare a session? No, just lay down. No, how can we guide them up, open up to receive the full benefit or our sessions? And that we can only know when we know how to receive. So I think yes. when you're saying that, I'm like, Yes, we need to learn how to do that, uh, because if not, how can we guide other people to that place? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, there's a a saying that says we teach that which we most need to learn. And so with Reiki, it's like, oh, we teach, but we also offer that which we most need to receive. (laughs) And I love that about Reiki. I call it the Reiki contact high. Um, The fact that when we are being the channel, having the energies flow to us, through us, as us, to someone else, we're getting that contact high because we're becoming one with the Reiki energies too. So it's like, ooh, you know, I'm offering this, it's flowing through me, but yeah, it's flowing through me. So it's coming to me as well. I know that that's the wonderful, like people say like, do you get tired from Reiki session? And I'm like, no, I'm actually getting really happy. Like, you know, yes. <laughs> absolutely perfect. So, the other thing we discussed, and I'm a little obsessed with, um, especially because it's going to bring a lot of diverse voices and women voices, is the witch project. 
So can you talk to me a little about that? Because I've been called a witch and not in a good way many times in my life. And women have been burned for being witches uh, quite often. So I'm really, really interested in uh, you telling us a little bit about that beautiful project. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. I am super geeked about this project that I've been guided to from spirit. So back in 2015, I guess, when I published my book, Diary of a Witch's Daughter, one of the acronyms that came to me um, from spirit for the word witch was woman in tune with conscious healing. And so I really have loved that. And I've had a series of witch suppers over the years. I did um, a retreat down at Ife Tayo's house um, in South Carolina some years ago, um, where we did conscious cooking and things like that. So we had these witch themed events. But last year on 2-22-2022, I received that I was to do more with this witch stuff. And so I, I received this anthology. So I've written books, I've been in anthologies, I've never edited an anthology. And I, I do some book editing on the side a little bit, a wee bit. And so it's like, okay, yeah, why not? Definitely. So I also received, it would be 33 voices. So the book's title is Witch Voices, Women in Tune with Conscious Healing, Remember Their Truth and Reclaim Their Power. And it really has become this amazing entity all in of itself. The book is not scheduled to drop until winter solstice, December 21st, right? But the healing that has taken place already by these authors has been amazing. I keep getting texts from people, phone calls from them saying, oh my gosh, you know, I need extra time writing this because so much came up for me and I am having to face this and deal with this. So I'm glad that I started early and we have some wiggle room because there have been quote unquote delays, but I see them as opportunities for my sisters to get their healing on. And many of them are also realizing, and I received this too, that this isn't just healing for ourselves, but this is for women generations back, women in past lives who were, you know, burned, beaten, banished, or Bibled, I'll say, you know, in terms of how it was used to treat women, to strip them of their power, to devalue them, to put them in their place, to take their land, to deal with fears that you may have, to blame um, someone else for your actions, to keep slaves in their place. So many ways in the past. So I feel that this little book that could, this little project really is turning into something larger. And it's a healing movement for women. And so I see within them and I see within myself, just really remembering the truth of who we are, perfect, divine, whole and complete, beautiful beings, powerful beings connected to earth mother, connected to spirit, connected to our wisdom within, connected all around. And so, 
yeah, we're remembering the truth of who we are and we are reclaiming our power. This is our effort to help anchor in the wonderful divine feminine energies, bring about some balance that has, you know, run amok for many centuries. And I love hearing that. And for me also recuperating our voices because up until now, a lot of the publishing industry is mostly one voice, which is a lot of males, which is totally fair, but like, I think it's also great we're bringing more diverse and female voices to the to the publishing and to the books and the information available to others and stories from our point of view, right? Like I, the other day I was laughing, I'm like, how could I decide to be a writer? And, you know, I was born like in 1972. So most of my cousins got married, like, but my family and I read and I never realized they were mostly male writers, male painters, but I instinctively, I never doubted I could do these things. But now I'm so grateful that women can have role models like this is what we do. We can have power. We can have our own unique voice. It doesn't have to be male-like. It can be very feminine and very soft, yet very powerful. And we can have different voices, all of us, different stories, and they're all valid. And I, I get goosebumps when we are in that space. Because mm -hmm. I don't think when I was a young person, I had that. I didn't realize I didn't have it. And I'm grateful I didn't even notice and limit myself. But I'm so grateful newer generations of people from any genders have diversity of voices so they can find themselves in someone, which I think is very new and I'm very grateful for. Mm, yes, that is so important. And thank you for that. Um, because we do have the diverse voices. We have, um, you know, most of the women are from the States. We have one from Australia. And yeah. um, yes, yes, one of my former Reiki students. Um, and so she's in it. We have different ethnicities. We have ages ranging from ooh, 28 to 77 um, or 78. I believe. Um, so it's You're like someone's age and I won't say the name. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> yes. And so we have that. We have uh, people who identify as non-binary now. We have um, women who are, um, you know, cis, hetero, um, who identify as same gender loving. We have uh, polyamorous. We just have the whole gamut in this and ages. i love it writers and ritualists and healers and seers you know just all sorts of energies south african uh, medicine women all, all sorts and this book and it's absolutely amazing and i love the diversity and i think the state of maryland liked it too because they awarded me a grant um, to help with the publishing of the book, uh, Maryland State Arts Council. So I'm really grateful for that. I've had people supporting me on my Patreon to help bring out the book. And so I am, I'm just overjoyed. Me too. And I'll be sharing that Patreon link uh, with uh, the people for the podcast in case they want to support. And one thing I've noticed, and I'm like, unlike very people, I'm like very boring. I'm like mostly a Reiki practitioner, Right. But what yeah, I there's nothing boring about no, but I'm like some people are like I'm like I like like no solid colors. I'm like very like ironically Germanic, even though I grew up in Latin America. But what I've learned is I learn a lot from reading insights from people who do other modalities. I learn mm -hmm. a lot from Buddhism, from martial arts, and then 
So I think it's wonderful, even this podcast about Reiki, like sometimes opening up and reading other people's experiences, because at the end, it's all about reconnecting to our true selves. So I'm I'm gonna pre-order that book as soon as you have that pre-order on because I'm dying to read those stories. I'm really excited. You know, there is also another book um, coming up about different voices. And I think we really have to have space. And I think we cannot understand being one with the universe until we understand a little bit more the experience of other human beings with different life experience on earth. You know, I'm being more open and empathetic because, and I, you said at the beginning, we go back, it's funny, a full circle. You had that that word judgment, right? Mm-hmm. For me, books like yours, like just help soften that judgment, that separation that we feel from others. And I'm really grateful for those efforts. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, what? I want like December 21 to come. So please, please, please. Thank you for your enthusiasm, for your support. We are really, really excited for December 21st to come, but we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> you know, they always, and so in Latin America, there is a tradition that night you ask for wishes and I always forget until the following day. So this year I have like a clear wish. I know what it is and I'll try to remember the date. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I always end the interviews with one question because, you know, you're an empowered woman, you're strong in your own self, like beautiful, shining. So someone who's starting her Reiki journey or his Reiki journey or their Reiki journey, they will look at you and say, yeah, but that's her, like Tonya, like she's amazing. Uh, what? So I like to bring people like you're human. So is there like a little bit of an oops in your Reiki journey, something that you realize wasn't what you believe it was or like a cute mistake that's not a teachable uh, lesson mm. someone we don't want to hear it right now we'll do it off the camera so you don't go to jail okay <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness it wasn't that drastic but you know i realized that i was still operating with reiki as if it was something separate from myself So I saw it as this modality that I could kind of throw away for a few months or a few years until I was called back to it. Um, When I did Reiki, it was that I did Reiki, you know, quote unquote, did Reiki. And it was this thing that was separate from me. And so I would, I learned this little statement to turn Reiki on and off. And so it was, I think it was, let the Reiki flow from my head to my toe because I love to work with rhyme, right? So that would remind me to turn on the Reiki. And so I realized as I went on that, ooh, you know, I'm not turning on and off Reiki. I am the Reiki. (laughs) You know, it's that whole concept of non-duality, being one with the energy, being one with the person that I am, you know, channeling Reiki to. Um, so it was like that this Reiki was this thing that was separate, this healing modality versus this whole system of energy. So that was definitely my little boo-boo for me, you know, <laughs> that I went all- along with for several years within Reiki. And, and that's a beautiful thing because, again, how do we practice unity when we're not even one with the energy? You know, it's... And it's a beautiful thing. And yes, we channel it, but it's also inside us. It's around us. It's everywhere. Yes. That's a beautiful oops. And I'm really grateful for you to sharing. Thank you. Thank you. That's a great question too. (laughs) 
it's yeah because it's I, I see well with me because of social media people know like I always talk about like what I do wrong because for me that's the only way to learn and actually yesterday I was at work and I'm a creative in advertising and basically you fell 98% off out of the they we like reject your ideas and yesterday one guy uh he's higher up he was saying if you don't flop you're not learning you're not doing the right thing like so sometimes we're afraid of doing mistakes we're afraid of sharing mistakes because we're and actually if you are not at least exploring sometimes failing you may just be not moving on or moving forward and i i love that concept and it's not like embracing failure like yeah it's just like it's gonna happen like it's part of the process we are if our perception is rake is the same as when we trained we haven't deepened our practice and i'm really grateful that people have really gotten on board and shared their oops and and like, and we respect each other even more, right? Like we have, like, we are steady in our body. We're steady in our practice. And we know this is a journey everybody has to go through. Absolutely. And I, I think I rumble a little bit, but hopefully that made sense. No, that made absolute perfect sense. Yes. Is, but yeah, until now, only one person didn't give me an oops, but that's okay. I'll keep that <laughs> I'm sure they just couldn't think of it at the time. Exactly. <laughs> we're all in that learning process for sure yeah it's a hard one for me like I have to choose which one because you know and as I keep deepening it's beautiful like so my mentor would describe like it's a light you are this bright light and there are all these veils and mm. through practice we take one veil a second veil a third veil so for me oops is like also part of the practice as you keep evolving so actually mm. you know, sometimes I rejoice in the oops even though at the moment I'm like Ugh. but it's like oh I'm advancing, right? Like, so that and plateaus, like people, I'm like, I'm plateauing. Like, that's part of your journey. You're going to have, oops, you plateau. Then you're like, woo, this is great. And then you go back to the cycle again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So just being compassionate with ourselves when, you know, we encounter that, right? And, And what you have been saying through this whole interview, being true to yourself and your way to your being and your way. I, I think that has come true. And I think it's something to really highlight. It came true in your retreat tip. It came true in your own journey. So I really, I really love that energy that you're sharing about really being true to ourselves. Mm, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, let's just say I've had a lot of boots along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, just learning from the oops, you know, as I get closer and closer to another decade, uh, you know, kissing up to it so closely now. It's like, okay, um, oops happened. I understand that. But, you know, can I have a little more of the egg? I always say embrace the egg, ease, grace, and glory. So <laughs> that, yeah, but I, I think also our our vision of the oops changes as we practice. They are not that painful. They're more like, almost like an aha moment more than an oops. Like they start, yeah. some days we do have some big oops, but in general also like, yeah, we're getting, but yeah, I'm with you, like a little bit more grace. And But you know, it's part of our journey and that's the beautiful thing. Yes, I love that. I love that reframe. That's so helpful. You know, the oops transform into aha moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different energy attached to that. And I think I probably will post on that, but I think it's also a very necessary energy for us as practitioners. Like if this is not a noobs, it's more an aha moment, then we also embrace it with a more open heart and mind. Absolutely. Yes. 
that and then share it and help other people. And again, it comes back, how can we help guide other people if we haven't been in their shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you for opening up to your oops. You feel like I don't need to express gratitude in two words. I'm just very happy that we got connected and we're sharing your story with everyone. And hopefully a lot more people will be into the witch movement and, and really also find their voice and, and add to the community from everyone. There is no voice that should not be heard from anywhere. No matter if you're a beginner and advanced, just join your voice, express, and, and find that true unique voice, right? Like what you are about. And you also said it beautifully, like offer what you have, right? Yeah. Sometimes we compare with each other. It's like, oh, look at that. No, just connect with yourself and offer because then it becomes this strong and powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. You are in this moment. So thank you so, so much for giving me an interview, Tonya. I My heart is still smiling and now it's dancing as well. Oh, great. Thank you so much. I've had such a great time. You were such a beautiful, beautiful light. I have enjoyed our connections. What a blessing. <laughs> it is. And I'll let you go reluctantly, but um, people, you can find a lot more about Tonya on the notes on the podcast. I'm going to put her website. I'm going to also put her Patreon and other links as well as her social uh, media handles. And you can find more and please contact her or for anything. Uh, You're there of Maryland for Reiki, of course. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Dive into Reiki podcast. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you. Gracias. Merci. Mm-hmm.